The Faithlessness of Sonogo, a piece of Filipino folklore, featured in the book Philippine Folklore Stories by John Maurice Miller, 1904, read from sacredtexts.com. Somewhere off the northern coast of Mindanao, a strong current begins to travel northward. It runs to the island of Sequajor, and then, turning slightly to the east, goes racing between the islands of Cebu and Negros. At the narrow entrance between San Sebastian and Ayucatan, it breaks up into hundreds of small whirlpools that make the water hiss and bubble for a distance of nearly three miles. For steamers and large boats, there is not the slightest danger. But to the native, in his little Sakayan, with its bamboo outriggers, these whirlpools are objects of dread and fear. He will go miles out of his way to escape them. If you inquire as to the reason, he will explain that the Liloan, or whirlpool, is a thing always to be avoided, and then he will tell you the story of Sonogo. Years and years ago, when Maguyan ruled the sea and the terrible Kaptan launched his thunderbolts from above, the water and the air were filled with swimming and flying monsters. Those that lived in the air were armed with great teeth and sharp claws, but, though they were fierce and savage, they lived together in peace, for they feared the anger of their master, Kaptan. In the sea, however, all was not so peaceful, for some of the monsters were so huge and savage and so confident in their strength that Maguyan could do nothing with them. He lived in constant fear of attack from these fierce subjects, and finally, in despair, called on Kaptan to help him with his trouble. Accordingly, Kaptan sent his swift messengers to every part of the earth, air, and sea, and ordered that a council of all creatures in the world should be held. He named the little island of Kueli in the center of the Sulu Sea as the meeting place, and commanded all to hasten there without delay. Soon the members of the council began to arrive at the island, and the sky was darkened by flying monsters and the water boiled as the terrible reptiles of the sea rushed to the place appointed. In a short time, the little island was crowded with these dreadful creatures. There were huge buyas from Mindanao, fierce tikbolans from Luzon, savage sigbins from Negros and Bohol, hundreds of unglaks from Panay and Let, and great yakyaks and other frightful monsters from Samar and Cebu. All these monsters grouped themselves in a large circle around the golden throne on which sat Kaptan and Maguyan, and while waiting their commands of their master, filled the air with shrieks and howls. At length, Kaptan raised his hand and the noise instantly stopped. Then he announced his decree. He said that Maguyan was his brother God and should be treated with the same respect as he was. He commanded all his subjects to obey the god of the sea and told them that he would kill with a thunderbolt any that disobeyed his order. Then he desired all to return to their own regions and dismiss the meeting. And again the air was filled with the noise of thunder and the sea roared and foamed as the monsters went back to their homes. Soon there remained on the island only Kaptan, Maguyan, and three messengers of Kaptan, 
who were called Sonogo, Dalagan, and Guidala. These were giants in size and had large wings which enabled them to fly with great swiftness. They had long spears and sharp swords and were very brave and powerful. Of the three, Dalagan was the swiftest, Guidala the bravest, and Sinogo the handsomest and best loved by Kaptan. When all the creatures were gone, Maguyan thanked Kaptan, but the great god said that he had only done his duty in helping his brother. Then he gave Maguyan a little gold shell and explained to him its wonderful power. Maguyan had but to put it in his mouth and he could change his form to that of any creature he pleased. This gift was to be used in case a monster, defying Kaptan's orders, should attack him. He had simply to change himself into a stronger monster of twice the size of his enemy, and then fight and kill him easily. Again, Maguyan thanked his brother god, and taking the shell, placed it on the throne beside him. Then Kaptan ordered his messengers to bring food and drink, and soon the two gods were feasting merrily. Now it happened that Sonogo had been standing behind the throne and had heard all that had been said. He was filled with a desire to own that wonderful shell, and in spite of the many favors he had received from Kaptan, he resolved to steal it. The more he thought of its great power, the more he longed for it. With it, he could rule the earth and sea as a god, and by hiding, he might avoid the anger of Kaptan. So he watched for an opportunity to make away with it, and finally his chance came. While handing Maguyan some food, he slyly caught up the shell, and soon afterwards, quietly slipped away, unnoticed. For some time his absence was not discovered, but all at once Kaptan called for his favorite messenger and, receiving no reply, ordered Dalagon to go search for him. Soon, Dalagon returned and reported that Sonogo could not be found on the island. At the same time, Maguyan noticed that the golden shell was missing. Then Kaptan knew that his messenger had stolen the shell and escaped the island. He flew into a great rage and swore he would kill Sonogo. He ordered Dalagon and Guidala to hasten to the north in search of the faithless messenger and to bring him back as a prisoner. Swiftly northward over the blue sea flew the messengers, and near the island of Guimaras caught sight of Sonogo. But Sonogo saw his pursuers and flew all the swifter, but he was no match for them in speed. Nearer and nearer they came to him, and then, drawing their swords, rushed forward to seize him. But Sonogo was not to be easily caught. Quick as a flash, he placed the shell in his mouth and dove down into the water, while at the same time changing himself into a huge, crocodile-shaped boya with scales like armor of steel. In vain, Dalagan and Guidala rained blows on the monster, but the swords could not pierce the heavy scales. Up through Guamara's strait the chase went on, and Sonogo tore up the waters in his flight. And so great was the disturbance of the ocean that, as they rounded the northern coast of Negros, the waves dashed completely over the little island of Bacabac, sweeping away the hills and bringing the land to the level of the sea. Still the rapid flight went on, straight for Bantayan headed Sonogo, but suddenly, changing his course, he dashed into the narrow channel between Negros and Cebu. Then Dalagan, leaving Guidala to continue the chase alone, 
flew swiftly back to Kaptan to tell him that Sonogo was in the little strait. Up sprang the god, and flying directly east, he posted himself at the southern entrance of the channel. In his hand, he held an enormous thunderbolt, and thus armed, he waited for the appearance of Sonogo. Down into the narrow entrance sped the faithless messenger, tearing up the water in his mad flight while the brave Guidala struck in vain at his huge body. Suddenly a roar of thunder sounded, and the thunderbolt fell onto the back of the monster, bearing him down beneath the waves and then, stiffening like a bar of iron, pinning him to the bottom far below. In vain he struggled to free himself, but the bar held him fast and sure. In his struggle to get free, the shell fell from his mouth, and Kaptan retrieved it. Thousands of years have passed since then, but far above the water, like a fly on a pin, Sonogo struggles in the form of a huge boya. The water bubbles around him, and for three miles, little whirlpools go racing up the channel, and the native in his little sakayan avoids the narrow entrance where the water boils and foams, for Sonogo still twists and squirms, and the Liloan is a thing to be feared and dreaded. <laughs>